Hello, welcome, and thank you for tuning into Channel Voices, the podcast for future channel leaders where we learn the ins and outs of partner ecosystems through casual conversations with channel professionals from a variety of industries, partner types, and geographies. My name is Maciek, and I'm your host. Hello, and welcome to Channel Voices. A little bit of a different intro today. Um, as I just wanted to take this opportunity and wish you personally all the best for 2022. Happy New Year. I do hope that you did get a chance to spend the holiday time with your family and your loved ones. There are also a couple of updates that I wanted to share with you as we kick off the new year. And one of those is that as of December 2021, Channel Voices is one year old. In addition to that, Channel Voices uh, is now being sponsored. We do have a sponsor for the podcast, uh, and our sponsor is Channel Mechanics. Channel Mechanics is a PRM platform that world's leading vendors use to ensure ease of doing business for their partners and for their channel teams. It helps vendors drive competitive advantage, accelerate revenue, and build partner loyalty. And obviously, no better way to introduce Channel Mechanics than inviting their CEO, Kenneth Fox. Thanks very much, Magic. Thanks for having me. Nice to, uh, to have the opportunity. Um, yeah, thanks for thanks for coming on. Um, there's been you know a lot a lot of podcasts that I have done with quite a lot of people, um, and we did talk about you know the how 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 do companies and teams go about evaluating PRMs and um, how difficult it is for them to find maybe the one that does everything. Um, but obviously, you lead um, channel mechanics business, um, and one of the one of the questions that keep popping up keeps popping up when when I speak to um, to prospects or to customers is you know they would like to know what what are the most common scenarios I suppose or business challenges that you solve for the vendors and for their channel partners. Yeah, it's a great question, Magic, and a, and a very broad question. I suppose it depends on on the customer or the vendor. Um, we work with lots and lots of vendors globally, and that you know varies greatly from people with you know, thousands or even tens of thousands of partners right through to people starting their channel journey with, you know, maybe less than 100 partners. So their challenges are clearly very different. Um, so in, in terms of, you know, a comprehensive uh, channel automation platform that covers everything from, you know, starting off with your partner portal, which is, I suppose, your shop window for your partners and, and first impressions matter. So the better job you do on, on your partner portal, you know, the better chance you have of, uh, engaging with the, with those partners. And I suppose the central theme I would bring through to regardless of whether it's a, a thousand partners or a hundred partners is you must make it easy for those partners to engage with you, to work with you, and also help your channel account managers um, or enable your channel account managers do a better job with the partners. So it's all about, you know, automating the different, everything from the portal to your content, to your deal registration. And as you scale up things like rebates and MDF, having all of those programs, having them automated, and um, I suppose making it very easy for your partners to see what programs they're eligible for and how to um, participate in those programs, including what benefits do they get from those programs. From a front-end perspective, having having all of that in place is is really important for your channel community. And then more inward-facing, I suppose, is 
okay, how do you help your account managers do a better job for those partners across all of those programs? It's having that all of that automated workflow, managing your budgets, managing your discounts. How then do you differentiate your partner base? So things like, you know, where we see complexities have come in over the years is in the area of, say, a partner leveling or a partner tiering. Um, so having all of that automated really does make a difference for you as a company because that takes a huge amount of, of work away. And it allows your your channel team uh, focus on sales rather than uh, being very operational or, or doing the grunt work, as we say. So having a system that can automate all of those moving parts really enables you to have a proper go-to-market strategy that's sales-focused rather than, uh, you know, operational-focused. Excellent. The was one episode, one of the first episodes that I've done and was discussion with Jay McBain, and he was talking about how the role of a channel manager or someone who runs channel within the company has changed, right? It's no longer about just maintaining relationships and being with the partner and educating them, but people become more of, the roles become more of an analyst type where that data, all of that data provided through a PRM, all that reporting um, kind of helps steer the business. Um, so it's no longer just being on the phone or with the partner and helping them just close the one deal. It's kind of, it brings it, brings it holistically and you look at your channel a little bit um, with, with a better data insights, right? So you can make those quick decisions. Yeah, I suppose, you know, data is king. It's, you know, how do you collect that data? How do you use that data? How do you mine that data to, to get the nuggets out of it? Um, you know, for from our point of view, again, working with many, many vendors, one of the things we always make sure to do is we capture every single data point from everything from a who's logging on, what piece of content are they looking at, which deals are they registering, who are those in customers, are they participating in MDF and so on. So, you know, first thing is you have to capture the data. A lot of people make the mistake is they're not capturing the data. So I'd say, you know, point number one is make sure you're capturing the data right from the start of your channel journey. Because once you capture the data, there are some, you know, super tools out there now to start um, reporting on that data and giving those insights that, that you mentioned and that Jay would have alluded to. From our perspective, we use uh, Power BI as part of our platform, and it's one of the best visualization tools I've seen in the market. And that does everything from the low level stuff to looking at an individual program to then rolling up the various programs to take that holistic view, as, as you mentioned there at the start of that question. And then what do you do with that holistic view? What, what are the kind of pointers or what direction can it steer you in across your entire channel, across a certain segment of your partners? Because when you start to drill into the data and you start to segment, okay, I'm doing really well in this particular product line or in this particular geo segment. Um, it's all about, you know, then how do you, you know, how do you analyze that differentiation if you like, and then how do you um, develop your sales strategy to, to meet that particular uh, need and, and so on. So using, you know, capturing the data, using the data, reporting on the data, and then making the best of that data to, uh, to drive sales is really the, the key to it. Great. And staying with the automation, um, theme, I suppose. Are there any trends that you see in respect to channel automation today? Yeah, I think the, the biggest trend, I suppose, is magic. You, you can't live without automation anymore. If we go back kind of, you know, maybe even three or five years, I, I would have seen there was only a certain number of reseller types and distributors in the market. That's got a lot more complex. We could say almost we've gone from three to five to 
anywhere from, you know, 12 to 15 at, at this stage. So if you think about those different types, you know, now you have your influence, your referral type partners, your MSPs, et cetera. We didn't have those years ago. We had your, your VARs, your distributors, your, um, you know, um, mar direct marketing resellers and, and so on. So the, the channel has got more complex. Um, there's a lot more products, the transition to cloud that every company is trying to do. All of these things have made the, the channel much more complex and driving the need for automation. So partner programs in general, as a result, have become more complicated. Um, and, you know, Excel just doesn't cut it anymore. It's, it's not, it's not able to handle all of those moving parts to run your, your program on, on a spreadsheet and emails anymore. And then you overlay on top of that the need for security. Security has become more and more important in, in, in all of our lives, in everything that we do online. Um, so, you know, that's why things like emails and spreadsheets simply don't cut it anymore. You've got to have a secure environment to work on and engage with your partners, both front end and back end, from the partner facing element that they know their data is secure, um, from your internal point of view that you know your, your team, your channel team are working in a secure way with, with your partner base. Um, but if, you know, you boil that down to something like, say, take partner leveling or partner tiering, as we call it, um, having the tools or the automation in place to automate across maybe anywhere between, as I said, 10 and 15 partner types with different rules. And those rules could vary by revenue, by certifications, by geos, by number of deal registrations, by opportunities closed, by webinars attended. So the list goes on and on and on. Um, so again, that's why you know, automation has become a must and it's become uh, more and more complex and it continues to get more and more complex. Yeah, measuring partners um, seems to be um, a challenge for, for a lot of vendors without automated systems in place. Like you said, managing um, a channel ecosystem with 100 plus partners on the spreadsheet, that's pretty, um, that's pretty time consuming and not always accurate. Um, and it doesn't give you that holistic view kind of day to day where you could just jump in and see how your channel in a given territory or a country or on a given product is even doing. Right. Um, so it, it provides you with all that data um, in, in real time. And I was talking to Maeve O'Connell in one of the episodes when it came to, you know, how difficult and what challenges do companies have when they choose um, the PRM for them. Um, but once a PRM is chosen, what makes a partner portal deployment successful or the PRM deployment? Yeah, I think, um, you know, and that is a really important point or, or question, Magic, because if you can't get your partners to come to the portal, then, you know, you can't get them to engage in, in the programs that underlie the portal, you know, everything from your your content to your deal registration. So I think, again, it comes back to one of my original points around, you know, being easy to do business with. So your portal should be um, your shop window or your front door for your partners. Um, it's like, you know, anything now in the world of SaaS, driving customer or partner adoption is really, really important. Um, so, you know, when we deploy a portal with our customers, we work with them, you know, right through to running webinars with the partners. It's all about getting partner adoption or partner traction. And again, it becomes a habitual thing with partners. Once they know where to go, once they know the value of your partner portal, and that might be, how am I going to help them with their sales journey? Because ultimately it comes down to, um, you know, what revenue can a partner make from you versus your, your competition? And keeping in mind that most partners will work with between seven and 12 vendors. 
So, you know, it's a common mistake I think vendors make or our customers make is they think those partners are solely working with them. That's never or rarely the case. Um, So, you know, if you make your partner portal stand out, you make it very easy to access and, you know, having things like single sign-on that they only have to have one username and password, that everything then when they do get to the portal is at their fingertips. Don't overwhelm them with information. Don't try to have it too complex. Do simple things like tell them when they log on, hey, your account manager is Joe Blogs or whatever it might be. Here's what, you know, we're doing next week or next month. Make it very easy, uh, you know, to see how to navigate through the portal, whether that's getting a piece of content, registering a deal, claiming their MDF funds, whatever it might be. And again, the last, I suppose, point I'll make on it is don't show them what they're not supposed to see. Okay, so that's just as important as showing them what they're supposed to see because, again, you can overwhelm them and that frustrates partners and say, okay, if it's a partner that doesn't get MDF, don't even show MDF on the portal in the first instance. Rather than show them MDF, they click and they say, oh, you're not allowed to see it. So that just, you know, little things like that makes uh, the partner engagement all the better. And that's something where the partner leveling would maybe come in as well because certain partners have... um, are eligible to participate in a certain program, whereas others are not. And um, having that holistic view and being able to control um, that through that dashboard, if you wish, of every single partner, you could pretty much automate that as well. Yeah, no, well, that's that's a great point, Magic. And that's where automation truly kicks in and, and the use of automation to drive those entitlements. So where, you know, like in the case of child mechanics, it's it's a very comprehensive platform. Um, it takes care of all of those kinds of things, starting with your partner leveling, and then that drives the eligibility or the entitlements that a, that a partner sees. So if we say, you know, you're a gold partner, you get access to everything, straight away the system knows your goal because it calculated you as gold. So it shows you your MDF, it shows you your rebates, whatever else you, you're entitled to see versus if you're a, an unregistered partner, then it's just going to show you the bare minimum. So again, it's kind of, you know, automation is self-fulfilling. It takes care of ease of doing business by having it in place. And it just, you know, makes that partner's life's journey a lot easier, which in turn makes the the selling motion easier for both you and the partner. But it also puts that data at the fingertips of of your account managers um, because, you know, there is a huge demand on account managers and um, selling is, you know, I suppose their number one priority at the end of the day, rather than uh, trying to figure out what tier a partner is on. So when you give, you know, your account manager that uh, information at their fingertips, they become much more focused on sales than they do on operational activities, which helps you internally and your partner externally. Um, and Kenneth, there's obviously Channel Mechanics has, has such a wide offering when it comes to um, automation of certain programs or initiatives uh, for the vendors to work with their partners. But in 2021, Channel Mechanics introduced um, what you call Channel Starter Pack. Could you tell us a little bit more about this and who is it for? Yeah, no, I, I sure will, Magic. Yeah. So we introduced a starter pack because we saw a need from a lot of prospective customers we were working with that there are a lot more companies with, you know, with the advent of, of SaaS and the monthly recurring revenue model, a lot more um you know, manufacturers, suppliers, whatever you want to call them, are going straight to the channel rather than being a direct sales companies. Um, they're going straight to the channel to leverage a lot of these new partner types that exist um, as their go-to-market model, if you like. As a result, 
um, they need some way to engage with those partners. And just trying to get off the ground, basically, you need a partner portal, you need a content management system, and you need deal registration. So we obviously have all of those, and we package them up into uh, what we call a starter pack for these types of, uh, of customers. And it's worked really well. We have many, many vendors now, you know, starting their channel journey using that starter pack, and it's been really successful for them. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's something that gets them going. And I, as I always say to these prospects when they're starting off, look, okay, sure, you could try and manage it on a spreadsheet and emails. It's not the right thing to do. Um, and I know it sounds like, of course, I'm going to say that because I'm trying to sell it. But even if I wasn't, and I often say to them, look, if it's not channel mechanics and you go with somebody else, that's fine. But you must future-proof your channel because once the channel takes off, it's a very powerful thing. And, you know, you'll, you'll find very quickly within a year or two, um, the channel has taken you over and you no longer have time to put the right infrastructure, put the fundamentals in place. So you end up firefighting or, or drinking from the hose, as they say. Um, so that's why it's important to, you know, start the way you mean to go on, build a proper infrastructure. It's a secure uh, way to do things from the, from the get-go. And then as your channel grows, and hopefully, you know, we've seen some of these guys uh, convert from starter pack to start scaling up their channel. And the beauty of it is, they can simply turn on more modules now as they go. So if they say, hey, now I've, you know, I've been in the channel for a year, 18 months, things are moving really well for me. I now want to start to differentiate my partner base. I do want to create a top tier of partners um, and I want to give them extra funds. I want to give them MDF or I want to give them rebates. So now they have the infrastructure in place. So instead of going back to zero and spending another year trying to figure it out, they simply keep moving forward. They turn on these additional modules and they really please their partners and they get all the benefits of the data they had collected about that partner, which feeds into, you know, who are my best partners? Who do I need to nurture some more, et cetera? So that, that's why the starter pack, I think, has been so successful for us. But it's also, you know, more importantly than us, it's been really successful for our customers. Fantastic. And obviously with programs like, or say the modules that channel mechanics have when it comes to content management, the there's vendors are still sending out collateral to their partners via an email or put their, put it somewhere in a secure location and Dropbox or whatever it may be. But you don't really, you don't have a view of are the partners using it? Um, it's hard to get feedback from them because they're obviously busy. But with a platform like yours, it's easy for the vendor or the marketing team to see what type of content is being consumed, who is consuming it, um, and maybe that would lead to producing content that would be more appealing in the future be based on that data that they, uh, that they gather. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, no, absolutely magic. And, um, you know, people put a lot of work into content, you know, whether it's product collateral, whether it's marketing, whether it's lead generation, whatever it might be that you're trying to help your partners and ultimately again, you know, grow sales or grow revenue for both you and your partners. Um, so, Having that in a centralized, you know, CMS or content management system that records who looked at it, which piece of content did they download, uh, how many times did they look at it, et cetera, how many times did they use it is, you know, very important information. So if I load, you know, maybe a new product sheet or my latest price book or a, a marketing campaign template for my partners, I want to know which of the partners are using that, but I also want to know which of the partners aren't using it and then the account managers can do a better job. They can go after the guys that didn't use it um, and help the guys that did use it. So having all of that information to hand, again, you know, creates that, you know, part of that, that overall 
channel ecosystem, both internally and externally, um, and helps you drive, you know, better content to feedback to your marketing team or your channel marketing team to say, look, this has worked really well. We need more of this. And it could be, um, it's surprising how it works. So content that might work well in one country um, or one region or one segment of your partners might not work well for others. So it ultimately comes down to help you differentiate your partner base and create relevant content for the particular partner groups or segments that, that you do end up creating. And that then in turn helps you decide, you know, which partners are your top partners over time? How do you nurture them some more? And again, back to, you know, at the end of the day, everybody wants to, to drive revenue. And that's one of the, the great ways to start out that. Thank you. Um, before I ask the, the, the last question, I just wanted to follow up on the theme of automation. And obviously automation works when it's integrated with other systems. Um, what does Channel Mechanics Solution integrate with? Yeah, so we're a very open system, uh, Magic. Um, so we work with you know many vendors. I suppose Salesforce will be the most common um, solution we integrate with. We see ourselves as extremely complementary to Salesforce. Most of our customers will be on Salesforce before we come along. And we generally just plug into Salesforce very easily. You know, everything from running the, the partner programs to integrating to their uh, opportunity management system and, and creating opportunities on that directly from the, uh, the front end, if you like. So if I'm a vendor, I'm already on Salesforce and I now want to start either start or, or uh, do a better job on, on my my partner enablement platform, um, you plug channel mechanics in at the front end and you do something like deal registration, it allows you really move cleanliness to the front end. It allows you segregate your, your deal registration from your opportunity management system. And all of that is taken care of, all of the workflow, all of the approvals are, are taken care of by the, the channel mechanics system. And only an approved deal will land on, on, your, uh, on your Salesforce system and become an opportunity which in turn is reflected back out to the partner. So you can see the value of, you know, that really makes the, the, the partner journey a lot easier. They can submit their deal reg. They can see the status of their opportunity 24-7, which takes overhead away from your, uh, your account team and so on. And, and the journey goes on like that. We, you know, we integrate with many, many systems. Microsoft is another one. We, we do a lot of work with, say, Microsoft Dynamics. Um, and so on. So, you know, the list goes on. We've developed a platform to be very open. We have a whole suite of, you know, APIs that, you know, you can integrate both front end and back end, um, single sign on with everything from, you know, SAML to Okta, et cetera. So all of those. And again, it's all about creating a very seamless journey for both the partners and the internal users um, to, to use the platform. Thank you. That definitely helps um, the listeners to understand a little bit more about how the channel mechanics platform works. Um, there's a question I ask everyone, and you'll, there'll be no exception here. Um, so what's the one thing you wish you knew before starting your career in channel? Jeez, uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> Great question. Um, very broad. Um, yeah, I suppose before I started my my life in the channel, and that's been a long time ago now, but, um, you know, I didn't realize how powerful the channel was. I, I wished I did know some more about it before I started, but I guess that's that's part of the, the learning curve. Like the channel is a wonderful thing, I always say to people, and people, you know, a lot of people are starting their life in the channel. It's It really is a massively powerful sales machine once you crank it up in the right way. Um, 
And I'm always trying to convince people to do that in the right way. And I think that that's really important. You know, they're the learnings. I didn't know how to do it in the beginning. I, I learned it, a lot of it through uh, trial and error mistakes, learning from, you know, not doing it the right way, I suppose. But, you know, trying to um, give those learnings to our customers, to anybody new that's that's coming along to the channel, I really enjoy that um, because the channel is the most powerful um, sales engine there is in the world. You know, when we think about 75% of all trade in the world goes through the channel, just kind of get your head around that. Trillions and trillions of dollars flow through the channel every year. Um, so, you know, it's not, it's not a mistake that all of these uh, vendors are, you know, really using the channel as their go-to-market model right from the get-go. They're not even starting with direct sales. Now we see a lot of them are, are going straight to the channel and I can fully understand why because of, uh, you know, the, the returns it can potentially bring when it's done in the right way. Fantastic. Um, and also, before we, before we close off, um, thank you to, to you and to Channel Mechanics for sponsoring um, Channel Voices going forward. Uh, we're very, very happy and delighted uh, with the sponsorship. Thank you for supporting us um, and hope to have you again on another podcast in the future. Um, so, Kenneth, thank you very much for coming on as a guest. Uh, thank you for um, telling us what Channel Mechanics do um, and how you do things. Um, thank you very much. Yeah. Well, thanks, Magic, and congratulations on, on a great initiative. Uh, I love listening to them, and you've got some uh, you've got some wonderful speakers on. So uh, keep it going. Thank you very much. And that's a wrap for this episode. I do hope you found it valuable, and if you did, please make sure to subscribe and leave a review. You can also follow Channel Voices Podcast on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook. Or just visit channelvoices.com where you can send me a message or leave a voicemail. All of the links are listed in the show notes. And once again, I appreciate you tuning in today. Until next time.